Welcome back to another episode of Whatever I Want with me, your host, Logan Lewis. Uh, before we get to the guest today, let me just remind you to go hit us up on Instagram uh, at whatever Logan wants and uh, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, and make sure that you've left a rating and review as well. Today, my guest is a media personality and uh, podcaster. He's what are you, Micah? A media mogul. I'm just a man. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, my guest I'm today just is a one man. man. <laughs> it's, He's a man. It's great to be here, Logan. Continue. Gas me up some more. Yeah, though. yeah. I was going to say you're the king of blocking people. Uh, you are the uh, host of Mind of Micah. Uh, you're the biggest Mizzou stan. Uh, you, uh, I don't know. You're 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 the guest today, Micah Weiner. Thank you. It is. Uh, it's a true joy to be here, Logan. And uh, I'm I'm just thrilled to be a part of this. <laughs> awesome. How you been? How you been, man? How's uh not how's great the quarantine, the quarantine not, life? Not great. Things. No. This is this is not a good time. Things are bad. I haven't gotten a haircut in months. I look like I shit. Um, <laughs> you know things things aren't really great. I do have a puppy, which is fantastic. Charlie the dog has uh, been a wonderful thing during this time, and. Um, you know, it's not it's not good, Logan. But you know, we're making do. It's just another day, just like every day before and every day after. It looks like I'm in a, a strange location. It's because uh, the light in the the my second bedroom has burned out, and I uh, don't have a ladder or any means to get to it. So I'm just sitting in the dark with a lamp to my left. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm poorly lit, and my hair looks bad. Uh, but other than that, you know, we're we're happy to be here answering any questions you have and, and talking about anything you want to talk about. That's what we're here for, Logan. Awesome, Micah. Awesome. If, if it looks like I'm also in a generic hotel room, it's because I am in a generic Hilton hotel room on a trip in Birmingham, Alabama, currently uh, for work because I work in the construction industry and that is deemed essential business. Regardless. Congratulations. Uh, I've been in a Hilton in Birmingham before. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, I went to the Alabama Mizzou game uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Birmingham, what a place! What a place! That's gr- that's great that you brought that up because I was actually going to bring up the fact that you blocked my roommate on Twitter because oh, great. He, he tweeted at you saying that Mizzou's going to lose to Alabama or something. Because I remember back, you got real hype up about going on going to this game. You you went into it really confident, like Mizzou's going to kick some ass, shit like that. And then you got back and you're like, well, the game happened. It is what it is. And I think- yeah, it, didn't, it, it didn't work out too well. Uh, we were playing well leading in, as I recall. Uh, we had Drew Locke. We were we were ready and uh, we weren't. Uh, Bama's, Bama's good at football. They, <laughs> they, are, they are impressive. I will say, I'm sure I've spoken about it um, in various places, but of all of the places I've been to football games and I've been to football games in many places, Alabama was the best uh, by far. It was it, the the game day experience, the, the pregame, the tailgating, the in-stadium, the whole nine yards. It was, it was the best place I've ever been. Um, and I've been to LSU. I've been to Old Miss. I've been, you know, to Oklahoma. I've been to a lot of places um, in the big 12 and in the sec and across other leagues, I guess as well. 
nothing compares. Alabama is it. If you get really? a chance, you're, you're going to get your you're going to see your team get their ass kicked in all likelihood. But yeah, um, so there it's a it's a great place I mean, been... to watch a football game. I don't. It's probably not a great place. Don't, <laughs> don't come at me, Bammers. But uh, don't worry. I don't know if anybody from Bama is listening to this. That's probably for the best. But you know, it was a great place to see a football game. Yeah, for sure. I've been to a, a Georgia Bulldogs game, but that's the only SEC. Well, I guess, yeah, this is the only SEC stadium. I've been to the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Falcons, but other than that, I haven't really been to many SEC mm-hmm. games. Uh, I grew up, I was born in Illinois, so my parents, or my dad, was a, a University of Illinois fan for no reason because they suck at pretty much every sport that they try. They are good at basketball back in the day, but football, I don't think there's much to brag about there. Not great. Not no, great. not not great at all. So, so I mentioned that you blocked my roommate on Twitter. He wanted me to at least mention that just so you could somewhat feel bad. Be- but you're Michael Weiner. You don't feel bad about blocking people. You're the king of blocking people. When did that? Why did that become a thing? Or were you just like, I'm just not going to put up with the haters type type deal? Uh, I never put up with haters. There's, there's, I don't have time. There's not enough time in the day. There are not enough days in my life to put up with the haters. It's one of the great things about social media. Um, people say things on social media that they wouldn't say in real life. And people probably wouldn't say those things to me in real life. And perhaps they would, but they wouldn't say it in the same manner. Sure. And one of the worst things about social media, of course, is that, you know, the, there's inflection, there's, there's uh, context, there's clues that when you're having a conversation with someone, which is often lost when you're communicating online and uh, I just don't have time for it. I know there have been many people that say things and they go, Oh, I was joking. Well, your joke wasn't funny to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you are now hashtag blocked. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much it. There's just not, you know what? You have the right to make your, your offensive joke. You can say, or, or non-offensive. You can say anything you want to me. You might get blocked. So just be prepared for that. And if getting blocked by a D-list minor <laughs> internet celebrity is something that that like really hurts your life or, or upsets you in some way, uh, man, I'm sorry. I've been blocked by people before, and I kind of get a kick out of it when I when I see uh, tweets from people. Like you know, sometimes you see a tweet thread, right? And you click the tweet, and you click the tweet below that, and you click click the tweet below that, and then there's one missing. I go, hmm, that's weird. And it's like, J.A. Adonde has blocked you. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I, I don't know why, but, you know, that's kind of funny. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, that's a person who's on television. I, not to say J.A. Adonde is a household name. Uh, he probably isn't people in our demographic who have ever watched ESPN. But uh, not that I can remember one thing J.A. Adonde has ever said in his entire life that's interesting or meaningful to any human being. Certainly not to me. So I'm not offended that he's blocked me, but it's, I guess he's one of the more famous people that blocked me. I don't know. I'd love to know. I wish there was a way to find out on Twitter everyone who has blocked you yeah. and everyone you've blocked. I, I guess you can find out who you've blocked. I'm sure there's a way for me to see that, but I'd love to know who else has blocked me. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think unless you, I don't know if there's a way, unless you buy one of those follower apps or whatever that you log into that shows who and follows you when and, how many people, you know, whatever your follower ratio or whatever the hell is. I don't think there's a way, but yeah, I'd love to know who's blocked me too. Cause I've, I've, I've had some trash takes and I'm, I'm curious to, 
to see who's uh you know and you know, i'd love to know which trash take it was that sent jay adonde <laughs> over the edge I, I mean i think it's adonde that's blocked me it might be kevin blackestone it's it's one of the panelists on around the horn i think <laughs> but you know I, I don't i don't know uh there was some media critic who blocked me once too um and that one was kind of funny because i was actually defending clay travis yeah. which uh, tells you what kind of universe we were living in previously. Right. Uh, this was like six or seven years ago. I forget who he got in a Twitter feud with, um, but Clay actually sort of made sense. Anyway, gosh, well, what a time. It's 2020, and we're talking about people being hashtag blocked. You know, one, <laughs> of, one of my favorite things that I've done on the internet is uh, the your hashtag blocked Twitter account, or no, Instagram account. I don't know if you've seen that. I think uh, I might have. It was basically any time I blocked someone from any platform, Twitter or uh, or Instagram, I just screenshotted it and then posted a <laughs> screenshot of it on your hashtag blocked. Um, it was really good. I, you know, it, my life isn't uh, based around social media jokes anymore. But if it was, that was one of the, my favorite bits. And I got quite a few followers there. The your think- hashtag blocked account. I think I may have followed that at one point in time, but I, I think there was a period of time where you stopped posting on it. And so I just said, eh, he's probably done with this, but I'm sure he's still not done blocking people. It, there's almost, do you think that there's a level of like, if you found out, like if you could find this list and you could see that like someone like Shaquille O'Neal like blocked you, would you be like honored that he took the time to go to your profile and block you? Or is I there think like, I would. I think yeah. I would. I, I also think some of the the people that I'm blocked by may have blocked me before you could mute people because I mean, I've been on Twitter since I'm going right. to sound like a hundred years old, but I think since like 2007 yeah. or 2009, maybe. Um, yeah. And th- there was a period where you couldn't actually just mute people. The only way you, you could avoid seeing their things were if you actually block them. I think that might be the, the case with some of the times I've been blocked. Uh, there are some other people that I'm, I'm, I'm happy they blocked me. It makes me, it, it does make me happy because generally uh, I would, I don't consider myself an internet troll and some <laughs> of the people that I hashtag block, I would consider internet trolls. Yeah. So if I'm being blocked, it's probably because that person was annoyed because I was right because I'm a, that big of fucking egomaniac to believe that. <laughs> um, the the one is uh, the guy who's the, he's the Republican uh chairman of Travis County, the county in which I live in. Sure. And uh, he's blocked me and I, it, it brings me joy. And I see, I see him on television a lot. And like, I mean, we're talking very niche here. I know 99% sure. of people are listening, not in Travis County, but I see him like on the local news, like debating and stuff. And I'm like, this guy was so irritated by my, my debate that he blocked me on Twitter and it makes me happy. Usually, like you said, it's. I don't think it's ego ego maniac at all. Usually, when people block someone, it's either because they have nowhere else to turn, or they've lost a fight, or they're just they're going. Well, the, oh, I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to tell my mom and block you, or you know, it, it's basically them bitching out uh, of of whatever conversation you're in. That's funny well, though. Sure. And as the the main block guy, as a guy known for blocking people, I guess that means that I'm the the biggest bitch of all. But I. You know, the thing that I like now, it's sort of evolved into a thing where I can just, I can say, don't get hashtag blocked when people get a little cute. And, uh, you know, that's nice. I try to give people warning. Um, I'm sorry that my dog is barking at me. I'm a little distracted. 
No, it's all good. I was going to ask you about the dog. How is the dog? Charlie, the dog is, um, she's fine. I believe we're in a real, you know, since you ask Logan. Yeah. Tell me about it. A real inflection point here. We believe uh, my dog may be in heat for the first time. And this is not something I am experienced with. I've never had a female dog growing up. And uh, the, the vet told us to go through one heat cycle before we get her fixed. And so we are doing that. And I believe that it has happened today because she woke me up at two in the morning last night uh, several times. And then I did, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into some of the things that I saw today, uh, but my dog is now in a diaper. And uh, I regret this. I just wish we would have gotten her fixed before. It's from everything I've read on the Internet and talked to people and watched on YouTube because now I'm a a fucking veterinarian because I watched some YouTube videos. Um, You can get your dog fixed before their first cycle or you can do it a month afterwards. You can do it later. And the longer you wait, the the stronger their ligaments get or something. Uh, But the earlier you, you reduce the risk of cancer. It seems like a 50, 50 thing. Our vet told us to wait. We waited. And now my dog is, you know, she's in heat. Bleeding. My dog is bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, okay. uh, I have white carpet and oh. it's not, it's not great. It's not a great situation. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. The dog is cute. I love our puppy. Yeah. Uh, she is a, uh, a Cavapoo, for those of you who aren't uh, plugged in here. You can, of course, you can see photos of Charlie on my Instagram at Michael Weiner, M I C A H W I E N E R. Charlie the dog is, is precious. Charlie the Cavapoo was taken on Instagram, Charlie the dog. So we did not create a dog Instagram, unlike a lot of insufferable people. Um, <laughs> Charlie's tremendous. We're very happy with our dog. She doesn't shed. She's hyperallergenic, hypoallergenic, awesome. whatever. Um, she's very sweet. She's smarter than um, I anticipated her being, truthfully. The, the the poodle side of her has given her quite a bit of, of smartness. Uh, she's precious. The only thing is she's black, uh, which makes her and very dark black coat which makes her very difficult to photograph Mm. Uh, but you know and you know it's 2020 we're trying to do it for the gram and it's a bit of a challenge uh with with uh her her coat but other than that i have no complaints she's a wonderful wonderful thing and that Um, includes dog talk with logan and micah (laughs) i was gonna say i'm really glad that you brought up and kind of explained what your dog is going through because um, maybe it's ignorant of me and maybe I'm just a dumbass, but I had no idea that dogs liked like humans, female humans and female dogs share that cycle thing. Maybe I'm just a dumbass. Well, a you know, it's, it's, are gonna it's text me and they're gonna thing. Say dumbass. I've known nothing about it. I mean, I, I've never been around a dog that, that went through this situation. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, dogs will get their first, uh, their first cycle between six and 12 months. It will last, uh, 21 days. So this is not a, a short. This, this isn't is a week thing. Yeah. Th- when she woke me up at two 30 this morning, this is the, the beginning of three weeks of possibly, possibly three weeks of hell Jesus. Uh, for me and, and probably much more for her. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, we're, we're two white guys talking about uh dog's <laughs> menstrual cycles here, but it's, uh, it's really something. Yeah. So I, I, you know, check back with me in 21 days. We can. Okay. Give you maybe I will. Maybe maybe I'll holler at you. So, um, so for t- for people who don't know, people are probably confused. Lo- like Logan, who's this Micah guy? 
why why are you talking to this guy? So tell the people. So you're you're in media, obviously. I've listened to you for the past four or five years or so, maybe longer than that. Um, tell the people how you got into the media lifestyle and your career and how that's gotten to you where you're at. I'll let you just I'll let you go sure. and just go. Well, I, I went to the University of Missouri, as we mentioned, of broadcast journalism. Uh, after college, uh, TV, TV news was kind of my focus, uh, broadcast, as I mentioned. And then I ended up uh, working at the ABC affiliate here in Austin out of school, uh, KVU, for probably three or four years. Uh, I was working overnights. So I was producing the, the, the weekend morning show. And I just sort of... Uh, tired of it. It's something I probably regret um, that I quit at one point. Um, I, 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 but it was also kind of miserable. I was making very little money. I think it was making $41,000. And that was after I'd been there for three years. Um, so it wasn't my first job at, at 41 either. And I think like the guy who had the job ahead of me like made 50 and he had been there for 12 years. So it, it, there wasn't a lot of growth for for that. Uh, and I was working overnight. So I'd go in at midnight. We were like 24, 25, 26, whatever it was, eh, 23, 24, 25, whatever. And I dropped my buddies off at the bar on the, I dropped them off downtown like at 1130. And then I drive to work. I'd pull into the, I'd go buy my routine was I'd go buy a diet Coke and a five hour energy. And I just drink the five hour energy over a cup of ice, like a, like a rocks glass, like sip it for about a half hour and then chase it with Diet Coke all night. And I work midnight to 9 a.m. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night. And then my five o'clock on Friday, essentially, my weekend started at, a, what was it? I guess it was nine o'clock Sunday morning. So I'd come home and just drag my drunken roommates up and be like, hey, we're going to brunch. Like I need to go drink mimosas. Get up. <laughs> And uh, then I had Monday, Sunday and Monday off. And then I, I went in at 3.30 in the morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, it was it was fun. I will say that. I, I It was fulfilling. And uh, I worked as a, a TV producer. Um, and I, you know, on the weekends especially, it was fun. I, there were no bosses there, basically. Nobody's there at midnight. Right. Um, so I was working. It was just me and Quita, who's now the, the 10 o'clock anchor. Not that anybody gives a shit, but... Uh, we would just be there and, and one meteorologist and, uh, and actually his name is Albert Ramon. He's now the, the meteorologist, the chief meteorologist at WGN in Chicago. If anybody's watching, he just, just started there about a month ago. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I'd write all the stories. I'd pick all the stories. I'd order all the stories. Um, I'd book all the guests and we'd be there produce four hours TV every weekend. So I did that for a few years and I got tired of it. Um, you know, when, when some people are born to work overnights, and I'm sure there are people right. listening here that, that do work nights or whatever. Um, one of our anchors had done it for 17 years. And she said like, she could get a 10 minute nap, like with her husband, like they drive to the grocery store where she'd sleep for 10 minutes on the way home. She'd sleep for 10 minutes. Like it would all add up. Like she could just, right. And she was fine. I, I could never get that way. It just didn't work for me. I was tired all the time. Um, and so I started and I wasn't making any money and there, you know, there's just not a whole lot of room for advancement in, in local news. You've also right. got four, four stations in town. So if you don't like one, it's not like if you work for, I mean, I, I don't know what, 
if you work at a sales, if you work in sales for a company and you don't like your boss, not to say I didn't like my boss, but if you don't like your boss, you just go work for another. There's 10 million jo jobs right. in town in sales. Uh, there just weren't that many in Austin. So, and I didn't really want to travel. I ended up doing some other stuff. And then I came back to Austin and got back into media. I actually worked at KVU a second time uh, a few years later um, on the, the, as a web producer, uh, sort of a, a part-time thing when I was doing some other stuff working for in the oil industry and doing some, some other stuff. But I really started again in uh, media in 2014, I guess. Is that right? Uh, God, it seems like a long time ago. Anyway, I moved back uh, to work at Grandex. I had, I had bumped into a friend of mine uh, who was, had been working there and sort of pitched the idea. I asked them about like, what, what were they doing? Were they doing any podcasting? What, what was their thing? And he said, you know, actually our, our CEO just went to a meeting last week and they, they were talking about podcasting. You should put something together if you're interested. I said, okay. So I thought, you know, I know how to build stories, put things together, create a program. Um, so I just sort of wrote this long email and said like, Hey, you could start with this podcast and it could become, you know, it was basically you, you start with one and then you essentially create several verticals. You could have a sports podcast. You could have, uh, I, I remember the pitch had like a hunting and fishing podcast. It had uh, a clothing, you know, style podcast, whatever it was. Um, and, you know, we never got to the hunting and fishing one, but, um, you know, so I, I came into Grand X on that. And um, as uh, the pitch was, let's start a podcast network, basically. Start with one and grow it out. And we ended up doing that eventually. It took uh, it took a while. Um, you know, we can get into any questions you may have about Grand X because there's a lot to talk about. But, um you know, eventually we sort of, we started with the Inside TFM podcast. Right. And then, you know, one day, uh, Will came up to me and was like, hey, Dylan and Dave and I want to want to record something. I'm like, all right, let's let's do that. And so then Touchy Base was kind of born very much on a whim. Uh, we hadn't really prepped for it. Like I had, we were partnered with another podcast group, uh, which at the time was called Digital and then it became Cadence 13 and they, they do, they're one of the leaders in the space. Um, okay. Is that a talk cocktail you're drinking there, Micah? It is actually. Yeah. I don't normally drink on Wednesdays, but you inspired me. Uh, <laughs> right. Not that you're drinking, but I just felt, you know, cause you've been to the masters. I can tell. No. Um, oh no. My, anyway, my dad I, just, my dad just goes every year for work and he just gets me merch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, I, as you can see, I have a sparkling water here that I've been periodically pouring into this cup. And uh, it, this is an extremely weak cocktail, but um, okay. it's, it, it's it's a Wednesday. It's nice. It's a, it's a weak one on Wednesday. Um, anyway, anyway is, so circle or touching base basically started um, like that, basically on a whim. Um, and, you know, there were other things that we tried and, and you know, it, we had spinoffs and we started the Ross Boland podcast. We did some other things. And, you know, at one point we had, we were doing a million and a half downloads a month across our shows. Jesus. Um, which put us very firmly within the top 1% of podcasters in the world. Sure. Um, and why it didn't work out, why the company didn't see ultimately see value in it. That's a whole nother discussion and, and probably a great story. Um, 
that I, I'd love to share sometime. And we can get into a little bit of it now if you've got specific questions. But I, I the goal would be to to tell that in in podcast form somehow. I've had a long I've had an idea for doing that, and I need to really get my shit together and do it, um, and interview the people in place and kind of talk about how it ended. Um, but yeah, so I was the director of media operations there. That was my title, but I ran all the podcasting and created everything there uh, and worked with all of the the talent and and uh, we had a we had a good thing going. It was a very fun place to work. Um, you know, it, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, to be honest. I mean, I think people hear total frat move or, you know, postgrad problems or whatever and think it's a rager and right. it's a party and these dudes are wild and, you know, total sorority move and everything else. It it was really a, a very mellow environment, not rowdy at all. Um, you know, I mean, I think people that are that follow the the now wash media ecosystem, they understand who Dylan is a little bit. And I, you know, your company and they understand people probably still have an idea of who Ross Bolin is. Sure. Um, you know, your company follows your leadership, the company culture. If right. those guys would have been, you know, Dylan is a very cool customer. He's laid back. He's that's right. that's who he is. Um, he's not a party monster by any stretch. Uh, Ross is a guy who uh, is very quiet and kind of reserved into himself. Um is a guy who who uh, very publicly like talks a lot about his mental health issues and his sure. anxiety, and so you know it, it's it wasn't the kind of uh, wild scene that you might have expected, um, but it, it was uh, I, it, it's one of, it's the best job I ever had from a day to day basis. I never had you know Will built a whole brand on Sunday Scaries. I never had Sunday Scaries there. I mean, I really didn't. I never went home and go, God damn, I do not want to go to work tomorrow. That's going to be terrible. I just never, I really can't say I ever had many bad days there. I mean, obviously there were bad days and there were things that happened, but, you know, from a day-to-day -day basis, and and I, really it's probably the reason I, I hung around till the very end. Um, it is, actually, because I, I liked it. I liked the people that I worked with and um, liked the work that I did for the most part. And really like the people I worked with, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when there's a, a place that you like doing your job and you like being with people. Um, you, you can kind of miss the forest from the trees yeah. uh, to a certain extent. And it's a lesson learned. Um, I, I think it's something that, that, uh, you know, in retrospect, I would have found a way uh, to do something else a little sooner and not been the last person, the last man standing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that there's my media story. And then I, I guess actually I'll continue in the last year. Yeah. Uh, I've been running, uh, running, uh, my, my buddy, Brad key, who I went to Mizzou with, who just happened to be working at grand X at the same time. He didn't get me the job or anything, but we reconnected. Uh, we both made it to the end of the company basically. <laughs> and then he was, he'd been the ad, the lead ad sales, uh, person for grand X basically since the first one they ever hired. And he had been there for six or seven years. Uh, and so we decided that we would kind of set on our own and MWBK Austin was built. Uh, I did the creative. He does the sales. Um, the, the the podcast that we've continued to do on a daily or on a weekly basis are Mind of Micah, uh, which is the podcast that I host. And it's whatever I'm thinking about. And, you know, generally it's kind of some other segments, some things, some reads of the week, whatever is kind of interesting me, interesting to me that week is sure. something I share. 
Uh, and then the other is Backdoor Cover, which is a sports podcast, which Grand X gave us the IP for. Uh, not that it's really worth that much, but there is an existing audience, and Brad and I have been doing that. Uh, we're excited for football season. The show is really better when you have football going on. You can kind of ramp up. Um, if you've never listened or if you haven't listened in years, I would encourage you to do it. Backdoor Cover, three words. Um, so those are the properties that we sort of manage, uh, that we uh, produce each week. Um, we've also done some consulting and work with some other groups, which you may or may not have heard of. We've, we work, uh, there's a local influencer here called 365 Things Austin. They've got, I think it's like 400, 500,000, um, social media followers. And so we created a podcast for them. Uh, I worked with Yeti, uh, to create their podcast drifting with, uh, JT Van Sant. And, uh, then we were also working, we worked with a company here in Austin called Alterna Script, which uh, sells supplements. And we actually did some of their media selling. Um, so we, we worked on the other side. So we worked with other influencers and managed some of their ad buy. Um, and now I'm working with NS2, SAP, SAP NS2, which is a national uh, defense contractor, basically. Uh, a lot of people have heard of SA, SAP. NS2 sure. is kind of their... their um, they're related, but a little different. And uh, we've launched a podcast with them uh, called In Tech We Trust. We haven't officially launched yet, but that's coming soon. So we've got some other projects in the hopper, um, and uh, we're always looking for for more stuff. Uh, it's a brave new world, and and uh, you know, there's I've also taken done other things. So, uh, but that's sort of my, that's the interesting part, and. Uh, Hopefully that's good enough, Logan. Yeah, that's great, Mike. I, I didn't know a lot of those details, and that's really good. Uh, really good for me too to to learn as well. Um, so when 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 the whole Grand X thing fell apart, I mean, I listened to casual. I didn't listen to all of the stuff. I listened to I listened to Ross, and I listened to Touching Base, and I, I can't remember if Club Cool. I think Club Cool had just started, maybe a few months or something before everything kind of went down. So I listened to a little bit of that. Um, and you were, like you said, you were the producer, you managed all of that, uh, the production and whatever on all those shows. Um, but you kind of like became like almost like another host on a lot of those podcasts, some more mm -hmm. than others, like especially Ross's and circling back, you were a big part of a lot of the bits and some of the best bits, honestly. Um, I remember, me and, me and my roommate, the roommate that you blocked, me and him, he's the one who turned me on to the Grand X uh, podcast library. And um, when the whole Grand X thing shook up, I, I thought, damn, if they if 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 Will and Dylan and Dave do something afterwards, Micah damn damn well better be involved somehow because Micah's Micah's the king. He's the producer, of course. But um, so it's been great to see that they've had you on a couple of their happy hours and you had them on Mind of Micah. They had you on Circling Back. Um, you want to tease me with anything that may or may not be happening with them? You got anything going on with them in the pipeline? We're working together. Uh, you know, I, I see Will uh, all the time. Will and I live in the same apartment complex here. So we see each other at the dog park and at the pool. Um, and yeah, and I, I we talk to these guys. I, I still talk to those guys all the time. Um and see him at well, I would say see him at El Rancho, but having sure. left the house in months, so uh, we're working on something. 
and I and I think you're gonna like it. I, I don't I don't want to jump the gun quite yet, but um, okay. there may be uh, the return of of uh, some forces combining here with the Watch Media universe. And and to back up to your previous question, people always ask like, oh, why why didn't you go with those guys? You know, it's really a question for them, uh, and I'm not trying to punt in that manner. It's no. the the timing, the way that things went. Um, management certainly without my control and without my you know it certainly wasn't my call ended up laying off uh dylan and dave first will and i actually were still will was still employed for he will end up you know basically quitting or resigning or whatever uh a month or two later i don't know i don't remember the the timing exactly sure. um, yeah. but they kept will and basically just got rid of touching base which never it it didn't make sense, and it still doesn't make it sense. It still doesn't make sense, yeah. Um, and I don't know why. I mean, I I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, like, the way that – so people say, you know, why, why aren't you working with those guys? Like, the four of us weren't laid off on the same day. And, right. and maybe if we all were, uh, when they started, I could have hopped on board or they would have asked me to do it. I don't know if they would have either, you know, anyway. Um as as it was, I was still at Grand X. I I ended up there for another six months, basically. So right. um, they cut from I think it was like twenty eight people to eleven or something in that I round of so. cuts, something along those lines. I know there were eleven left, um, and then Will left in the next couple months. So you know the timing just didn't work out. I, I it's and I, I also don't think these guys necessarily thought that they would be as successful as they are. I mean, I, I, if you ask them. You know, did they did they think that Wash Media uh, would be something that could could be you know a top twenty podcast on Patreon and and could be something that could support all of them? I, I don't know if they would have said it. They they thought that was going to happen or not. Um, and so I, I'm very happy for them. And and I have been you know we've been supporting and they've been supportive of me uh, the entire time. And so you know I don't have any regrets, but it, it is exciting to be working on something with them and, and hopefully we'll, we'll be uh, making an announcement here in the not too distant future. This seems to be a, a pattern. I, I was able to, for my second episode of this podcast, I was able to interview uh, cat Pat. And at the time mm -hmm. of the recording of that, she said, Oh, I'm, I'm doing something. And then like a month later, they announced that so many screens, their new podcast. So I'm, I'm thinking that, Hopefully not everybody I interview ends up having a podcast at Grand X or at, I'm sorry, at, at Washed, but um, sounds like from what they've teased, they've like dropped little things here and there. Uh, I think Dave made a mention of something a, a week or so ago of like, it'd be a real shame if we got uh, mm -hmm. an old friend together to do a sports podcast or something along those lines. And we won't say anymore because I know you're teasing. Uh, so the well, king of the tees, yeah. The king Everybody of the knows that about me. You're the king of many things, Micah. Thank um, you. I feel like I could go on for for quite a, lo a bit longer about the whole Grand X stuff. So, um, how long is this podcast? Uh, Are we in the Joe Rogan? Oh, we're not in the Joe Rogan experience situation. We're not going to be here for another three hours. We we could have been, but I I lined up another uh, another <laughs> oh, interview. Okay. For, I got to cook dinner uh, a tonight, later, so. and I and I also have to eat as well. Um, Dinner is important. It is so, um, but obviously would love to talk more later as well, um, or another time to have you back. But either way, 
there's a, there's a few questions that I ask every that, that I've decided I'm going to ask every guest that I have on here. Uh, there are questions I don't prepare anyone for. They're, I'll just spring them on you. They're, there's Bring nothing it. nothing gr- crazy to them. They're basic questions, but I think you can get to know somebody very well um, by asking these questions. So first up, what do you get when you go to, when you go to the movies? Ooh, uh, that's a great question. <sighs> hmm. I mean, popcorn is the answer, I think. I, you know, Austin is uh, known for we we start the Alamo Draft House started here. Really, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So the the bar for the in in theater experience is a little bit higher here. Although we don't really love the Alamo. Um, granted, nobody's been in a movie theater in months, but uh, Caitlin and I, my fiance, go. I mean, a couple times a year. We're not big movie buffs uh, in the theater, but we do like it. Um, I like. Uh, I like popcorn. Popcorn's good. I'm not a big candy guy, although, you know, candy's candy's good too. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of going to, there's a grocery store right next to our, our uh, movie theater. And I do like to buy chocolates to take into the movie theater. Sure. So I, I'm one of those guys. I'm scum. Um, no, it, it's, it's totally cool. I think. Cause I, I don't want, I don't want junior mints. I'm just no. like, if I'm going to eat candy I, and I'm not a candy person, so I'm going to go buy the fancy high-end, uh, you know, salted caramel, salted chocolate caramels, and sneak those in. Have a couple of those. Right. That's that's where I like to be. And I and I think uh, in, in it's more fun you, to sneak stuff into the theater. Yeah. yeah. There's I some, think there, there's a little danger involved. I like that. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm a grown man. I'm in my 30s. I shouldn't be doing that. I can afford it. Uh, but it's there's something kind of fun, kind of fun about it. So crazy about that with the danger. Um, do you remember back when I think it was a Batman movie that was that came out into theaters and there was a there was a shooting in Aurora, Colorado? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, the night like of the premiere of this big Batman movie, and so my family and I, we we went to, as a group to go see the movie the next day, and out of precaution and just because everyone was shook about the amount of people that were killed and harmed in this shooting, that um, the theater that we went to were checking everybody's bags going in. Okay. And oh. back when we were kids and growing up, my mom and dad did the same thing. They would take us to like a nearby CVS or Walgreens and we'd go to the section where it's like uh, 10 for 10 or whatever for boxes of candies. And me and my brother and sister would just hop up on, on all the all the candies. Because like you said, even if you did want Junior Mints, uh, you're not going to pay $7 for a, for a box of them. You want uh, something a little better, more affordable for the quantity you're getting. So uh, the person checks my mom's bag and, and, and sees all of the candy, like five boxes of candy in there. And I immediately thought, oh, my God, this is the first time I've ever seen someone get caught sneaking shit into the movies. And uh, ever since then, I've, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with like a bottle of soda or a bottle of water in my back pocket or and have a hoodie or something over it. But because I feel like I'm scum. I used to work at a movie theater. I would I used to clean movie theaters. People would. Sneak in. Ooh, I bet people uh, bring the grossest shit in there. Oh, dude, that people would sneak in like they would bring in like a McDonald's Coke or whatever. But inside that Coke, there would be like a sixteen ounce Bud Light or something that people would just keep in their shit. I respect it. I respected the hustle, but uh, <laughs> but I was like these these scumbags <laughs> just sneaking shit into the movies. But yeah, I've been I do it caught. I've been caught before, not in the movie theater. 
Um, one time movie going into Madison Square Garden. Actually, I went and saw uh, Nick Spurs game there. This was a few years wow. ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was uh, tremendous. But yeah, I had a couple awesome. of uh, little uh, liquor bottles in my pocket because uh, I obviously flown there on an airplane. So I had some airline airplane bottles. I had like three or four and uh, the, the security guard, like they swap, you know, normally you can, everybody's taking a, a flask into a football game or a basketball sure. game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so I go in and the guy, like he looks at me and he just sort of shakes his head. I'm like, okay. And I reach down to my left pocket and I pull or my right pocket and I pull out two of them and I put them in and he wipe. He just looks at me and he just goes, no, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right. And I take the one out, one out of my my left pocket, and put it up there. And he's like, nope, nope. I know you got one more. I'm like, okay, you're right. And uh, he didn't take my. He let me in, so that was good enough. I did lose uh, four, you know, wild turkey bottles that I got on the airplane or something. But um, yeah, yeah, popcorn though. I mean, popcorn. Who goes to the movie and doesn't get popcorn? That's part right. of the fun, right? Right, right. Very, very good answer. Um, Next one. What's the last thing? Well, since we're quarantined, you've probably had a lot of time on your hands. I know you've been working, but what's the last thing? What's the last thing that you sat down and binge watched? Hmm. We've been watching The Sopranos, um, but not. I, I don't. But uh, this is going to sound so lame. I don't binge watch. I'm not a binge watch guy. I can't yeah. spend a whole Saturday, even though there's not football on. Like there's nothing. There's not basketball. There's no sports uh, where normal people. I mean, I think normal people would just sit and watch 10 episodes of a show on a Saturday. I can't, I never do that. I just can't do it. We've been hammering through uh, the Sopranos, but it's taken a very long time. And we're only like in season four or something. Um, and, and I haven't, we haven't watched it in a month. So this isn't a good example. I did do a podcast with Will, uh, which you can listen to on Mind and Micah if you're really interested, uh, for Love Island, Australia. <laughs> which we hammered through. I, I would not encourage anyone to watch any of the Love Island shows. They are too long. Uh, they're. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Logan. Yeah, but, for sure. Okay. Love Island, it's an hour-long show, and it's on five nights a week. Um, it's too and much. So, like, a season is, like, 45 or 60 episodes. And 45 episodes, that's 45 hours of television. That's 45 hours of your life you can't get back. Uh, and we did go through one. And I just want, I mean, it's fine. It's fun. It's, it's really dumb. It's good TV for sitting there with your phone, uh, checking your Instagram, but that's, right. I can't, I can't encourage people to check that out, but I guess that's the answer to the show that we hammered through, um, and Sopranos. So. Interesting. I need to, I still need to watch Sopranos. I know it's considered one of the greatest of all time, but I just, I'd never seen it and I'm really enjoying it. It's, it, it is a very good show. Okay. Then I will, I will get onto it. Um, uh, if you could go back in time, who would you go to meet? Hmm. Anytime in, in human period. Could have been, could have been yesterday. Could have been 3 million years ago. Huh? Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going back to a great question. I, I, uh, maybe Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did not Lincoln would, that from you. I think Lincoln would be an interesting person. Uh, by all accounts, uh, a, a conversationalist, someone who yeah. was well well spoken, well uh, a great writer, uh, someone who had a, a magnitude of issues, uh, obviously to handle. 
Uh, I think Abe Lincoln is is on the list. I think so too. That's I mean, I, always been. You know, too. the question is always like, if you want, if you're if you're going to dinner with four right. people, who are you choosing? And for me, I, I think it's it's always been Charles Barkley. Is there? He's sitting yeah. at the table. Uh, I think Bill Clinton's at the table, and then you know I, the fourth is is very much up in the air. I, you know, I think Ronnie Wood would be a really fun person <laughs> to go to dinner with. He just seems kind of crazy, and I I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but so there, you know, I I answered a question you didn't ask. Well, very solid guests as well. Thank that, you, Logan. Be awesome. Very yeah, awesome. Tremendous. Very awesome. Um, if you were an animal, what would you be? I I think I'm a shark and it's not because I'm like ferocious and I'm looking to kill. I think it's just, I got to be on the move. Yeah. You know, they say if you, if you stop, you die. If you're a shark, I think that's, uh, I'm, I'm constantly fidgety and, uh, and I like to be in motion. So I, I believe I'm a shark, but not for the ferocious reason, just for when you stop, you die. For you think, for thinking about that, I guess I've never also thought it through just similar to the dog thing. If fish stop, quote unquote swimming like whatever that motion is called with their tail wagging i don't know they're fish they don't wag uh swimming do they just sink like is that it do you think like do you think every once in a while they just like find a rock or something they can like rest on because they're tired like how do you think that works i do not know i do not know (laughs) this this is a question logan this isn't a marine biology podcast so we maybe it should be (laughs) maybe it is and then finally uh what's the best concert you've ever been to Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> and maybe individual act, not like you can't just be like, oh, ACL, because I know you guys were big ACL guys. Uh, I mean, let's tone it down. We're not big ACL guys. <laughs> no, anyone who says that's a liar. I mean, <laughs> at least in, in the, the washed media crew, right. index crew, nobody's Did everyone like, just go as like, because it's there? Like, no one yeah, Well, it was one of the perks of the job. Everybody got passes to the the thing. And then when things started tailing off, it went from three day passes to one day passes, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a whole nother issue. Um, you know, I, hmm, I got to think about that one. Um, do you have besides, any more questions? There's this the last question. This was the last one, but here besides um, ACL, have you been to many individual like acts and stuff, or is it mainly music festivals that you? Oh seen? no, no, I am not a festival guy. Whoa, really? Yeah, this is you're not looking at a festival guy. Good. Not, this is not a festival life style person. I don't have a hat. I, I don't do the the festival <laughs> deal very much. No, I like going to shows. I go to a lot of shows. Um, you know, the one that keeps popping up is uh, Hall and Oates. I've seen Hall and Oates many times. Wow. I know people sort of tend to laugh. Hall and Oates, uh, a <laughs> tremendously talented duo that had such, they really, they reached their peak. They they came up at the right time because they're the best-selling duo of all time. Yeah. And they sold a million, a zillion records and are have more money than anybody can possibly imagine. But they also came up at the worst time because the music industry was so based on MTV and this visual thing. And their yep. videos are so terrible and cartoonish and just trash. And I've heard interviews with uh, with Daryl and John where they talk about how the director of uh, I think it's Out of Touch, their their one of their music videos uh, had them dressed up in a giant bait like a twenty foot bass drum, 
and John Oates was doing cartwheels and this guy was just shoving cocaine in his nose till four in the morning, like telling Jesus. him to do more cartwheels. And they were just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like I, I'm a musician. I came here to play music. That's why, why I t- chose this life. And here I am on MTV doing cartwheels. And so their shit was so embarrassing uh, in retrospect that people don't listen to them for the, the tremendous musicianship that they have and the band that they always play with the, the band they carry is amazing. Uh, so I, I've seen Hollow Notes several times. Uh, I'm really bummed out. I was going to see uh, the Rolling Stones were coming to Austin. Wow. Uh, and that, that I've never seen them. They were on my bucket list. They got canceled due to, to COVID. And then Hollow Notes were coming with Squeeze, which is another one of my favorite bands from the 80s, which a lot of people uh, underrate criminally. Squeeze is an excellent band. They're outstanding. I would highly suggest you see them live. <laughs> um, they were playing. They were opening for Hollow Notes this time. And so I was so pumped. What a show. Uh, and and then it got they last week they put out a statement or they put out their 2021 dates they they pushed mm-hmm. you know they they've been putting out all these dates that said that squeeze will open for us in 2021 I'm like great and then they canceled the Austin date so there's dates in Houston and Dallas and I'm gonna have to get in the car and go see it somewhere else uh, two of my favorite acts to see live um, so uh, those aren't the, there's a better answer and I can't really remember what it is. Uh, for favorite favorite show, but those go see Hollow Notes, go see Squeeze, go see them together. You, please explain to me and the people your experiences with. Uh, this might be the last question. I don't know. It okay, great. On your experiences with Toby Keith. Oh, well, there, I mean that that's a long story. <laughs> uh, but the the nuts and the the quick version of this is that I was at uh, Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic, uh, the thirtieth annual. This is like two thousand three. I was in high school, uh, a senior in high school, or I just graduated or something. I, I don't know, whatever. I'm old, okay? I know I know everybody's making fun of my age here. Uh, but this was the summer that the Dixie Chicks, or now the Chicks as we know them, uh, put out, <laughs> yeah. you know, Natalie Maines said one thing. She said that, you know, I, I'm embarrassed that the president is from Texas. When she was, like, in London giving a concert, this led to this whole backlash, people burning Dixie Chick CDs, yeah. uh, country radio, not playing them. And uh, Toby Keith was like, first of all, Toby Keith is fucking trash. Okay. He's from Oklahoma. He's just garbage. <laughs> His music is just overproduced slop. It's trash. He sucks. Toby Keith sucks. Okay. Everything about Toby Keith sucks. He also became like the number one, like anti, uh, anti Dixie Chick person in Nashville. Like his stage routine had video of them like in devil horns and uh, basically calling them just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he also was a huge cheerleader for the, these wars uh, in the Middle East, which in retrospect turned out not to be great. I think yeah. we'll just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> Didn't make not, well. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get, I don't know where, where your, your listeners uh, sit politically, but I don't uh, either. I think it's, I, I don't think I'm not trying to be controversial. Uh, but this, this ramp up to war, Toby Keith is a big part of that. Then he had that stupid fucking song about shoving a boot in your ass the American way, the whole thing. <laughs> I fucking hate Toby Keith. Always have. Despised him. Okay, And and not to mention at the time, there was this sort of big internal debate uh, in Texas. There was this uh, new Texas country movement, which had Pat Green and Corey Morrow and cross-Canadian ragweed and several acts uh, and it was sort of this like us versus the Nashville establishment kind of 
that some of his maybe branding, some of his music. The you know the the Texas artists were more into the music and less into the music business uh, and the music industry in which Nashville was representing. Um, and people were creating music here, and then you know, and and because of all the Nashville stuff, and still to this day, it's just polished and trash. I mean, it's all so overproduced, and and the only time there's good stuff that comes out of Nashville is when an artist actually creates enough, has enough creative independence to create something that's good. Um, and but the the general cookie cutter stuff that comes out of Nashville is overpolished and just awful. Uh, and that was really the case at this point. So that was happening. And so we had a lot of Texas pride. And it was Toby Keith. So we were at Willie Nelson's 4th of July picnic. This was right after Willie had done the beer for Whiskey for My Men, Beer for My Horses song um, with Toby Keith, which had been a number one hit. But we hated it because it was fucking Toby Keith. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, so I stood. We got up close to the stage. And I think Toby Keith showed up late because he his bus, bus was in traffic or something. Uh, and so all the bands, there was a hard curfew. There was a lot going on, but needless to say, we're, we're like 15 rows in front. I, I guess I'm at a festival here because the 4th of July picnic is basically a, a festival. Right. Um, and I was about 15 rows in front, in front of the stage, right in front of the microphone. And when Toby Keith started, um, I just threw him the double bird right here for the first three songs where he goes on to play. How do you like me now? Who's your daddy? And, uh, shit. He had some other song that was about me. Um, all about me just, or all about you or whatever. I want to talk about me. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's the one. I want to talk about me. Who's your daddy? How do you like me now? Like, it's your fucking picnic. It's Willie's picnic, asshole. Uh, so I threw him the, I'm just throwing the double bird. And not a single person around me is mad. Everybody's like, yeah, keep going. Fuck this guy. So after the, the third song, Toby took his guitar and flipped it over his shoulder and threw me the double bird. And then he grabbed his junk. So you knew he wasn't playing. Right. Um, he ended up his stage manager who actually had a shirt on at the time that said first Iraq, then France. Um, that's a whole, you know, again, history yeah. doesn't look, look, does it frowns upon these fucking goofs. Uh, <laughs> the guy told me, get up on stage, get up on stage. So I jumped up on stage. Security guy was right there. No big deal. And then these two bodyguards just whipped my ass. <laughs> and, uh, basically kicked me out of the 4th of July picnic. And this before, you know, it, cell phones weren't very reliable. My friends that I went out there with were quite scared. Yeah. And, uh, fuck. So yeah, fuck Toby Keith. And then he did a music video for I Love This Bar, which is a terrible song. And uh, if you ever see the music video, the two bouncers that kick my ass with goatees, bald dudes, right. they are in the video just kicking some dude's ass the whole time. Like that's <laughs> the. So I felt like it was a personal attack on me. It might and, have been uh, shit. Yeah, so fuck Toby Keith. I'm really glad you told us. That's one of my favorite Micah bits slash. It's been a long stories. time since I've I've shared that. So that's th thanks for that. That's a deep cut, Logan. That's an all time story. Honestly, <laughs> you can tell that story for the rest of your life. Like your grandkids will be like listening to Toby Keith, and you'll be like, "Get that garbage off." Yeah, no, I mean, it, your grandfather. You know, we talk. Everybody talks about trigger warnings. I Toby Keith songs for a very long time, and still, I mean, first of all, they're terrible. And second of all, they do make me like physically ill. Uh, it, it was a bad experience. So fuck that guy. Well, damn. Well, Micah, I, I feel like I could I could talk for like hours and hours more. You're such an interesting guy. I've always thought that over the years. You're really Keep funny. Me up. I, I will. We must be at 7-Eleven, bro. Um, and uh, it was really a huge honor for you to be able to take the time out of your schedule to sit down with me. And uh, 
I'd love to do a, do it again sometime. I'd love to do something in the future if you're down. We can talk about that later. But happy um, to do it. I, I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, shouts to the the listeners of the Logan Logan's people. What what do you call your listeners? I don't know. We'll just call them Logan's people. It's good. Shouts to them. <laughs> shouts to the Logan's people. Okay. Well, before I uh, let you go, I'll let you plug away this is your time oh well thank you what you got going on uh yeah check out mind and micah check out back door cover three words uh sports podcast we got the titan high came back this week very entertaining if you haven't listened you should listen to these bozos it's a former uh, professional baseball player and a pro golfer and then our professional gambling expert uh so something for everybody back door cover mind and micah and uh you know hit me on twitter check out uh Charlie the dog on Instagram at Michael Weiner, M I C A H W I E N E R. And uh, don't get blocked. <laughs> very, very well. And everybody, like I said at the top, make sure you follow me, uh, whatever Logan wants on Instagram, as well as my personal is Logan uh, Lewis 96. Be subscribed and please leave that rating and review. Uh, it helps me out a lot. Micah, thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye.